Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. It's great to be here tonight. And... uh... Mother's Day is next week, and uh, I'd encourage mums, invite family along as well. That's how my mum used to try and get me into church all the time. She used to, I was in, the, in church all as a teenager, she'd become a Christian. She'd say, hey, come for Mother's Day, come for like whatever, our anniversary, come for my birthday, all these things that I'd come occasionally. But, but that, that helps me over the years to really, uh, I guess, open my heart up to God as well. So be ready for that. But hey, I'm excited to speak uh, tonight or this evening, this afternoon, however you want to put it. And I believe God's put a word on my heart. And but before we get into it, I'd love to pray. So if you can just join me, that'd be great. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, God. And I just pray, uh, speak your word that's tonight, Father God, and uh, speak through me what you want to say, God. But help us all to hear your voice, Holy Spirit, in this time. And uh, I pray you'll speak to each one of us individually and do something great in our hearts and in our minds. Amen. 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 So, hey, I want to speak a message tonight, and it's how, uh, releasing miracles over your life and releasing miracles over... God's church, releasing miracles over your life and releasing miracles over God's church. And who, who knows that God is a miracle working God? I think many of us know that and uh, we believe that. And I know for me, I've seen God do many miracles in, in my life personally and our family. Uh, but there's times where I feel like, hey, I'm, I'm moving in God with strength and, and God's miracle power is with me. And I can believe for things. And there's other times where I feel a bit flat and different things in there as well. And I don't think it's a matter of how you feel as much. But I think there's some people where it's, it's, it's kind of got to the place where it's not, um, I, it's kind of, I know God can do it, but I don't know if God can do it for me. Or I know, or maybe I don't know if God can do it anymore. Or maybe we've got into different places. But I want to talk on something tonight about releasing miracles. Pastor Jerry's been speaking recently and saying, hey, we're in miracle territory. Uh, as a church, we're in miracle territory and we are seeing great miracles. And each week we're hearing as pastors, we hear great things of what God is doing in so many people's lives. And uh, even with the land in Zambia and some of these other things, the way things are coming about, God is doing great miracles. But if we're going to be a part of that miracle, we really need to get on board and go, God, help me to be part of that. And this is what I want to speak into. I don't, I don't think there's a formula to release miracles. Um, I could have come up here and, and said there is and sold it at the end of the night to everyone and that would have been <laughs> uh, not a good thing. But there's not a formula to releasing miracles, but I believe there are principles in God's Word to help position ourselves to do that. So I'm going to speak on one of these key principles tonight. This is from Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. And it says this, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? So things are going good. Then it changes very quickly. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judith and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honoured everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And they were amazed. He was amazed at their unbelief. How crazy is that? God 
in, through Jesus is unable to do miracles because of people's hearts and attitudes. And he went from this place of doing great miracles, seeing great things, people in awe, and then all of a sudden it changed. And then it said the capacity for him to do miracles was stopped. And what was the key difference? What released the miracles? It was the honour that was placed on Jesus. But what stopped the miracles was familiarity. That was just Jesus. Hey, I know his brothers. I grew up with him. And it's, this, this kind of talk was going around and... Uh, I really believe we need to work on this individually and as the church, that we really place honour on God. And what is honour? What is honour? It's high respect, great esteem, or placing value on. Placing value on. We need to place value on God. And honour is quite countercultural in our time. You just have to go on social media for five minutes to see there's not much honour around. And uh, the way people talk to each other, it's, it, there's not much honour. And we live in a culture that's not really based on honouring God, honouring others. It's based on doing what you feel like now, uh, get what you can get, and it doesn't matter how it affects other people. Some of these principles that work against what God is trying to do. And I want to give us a couple of thoughts on developing honour tonight, developing honour to the release God's miracles in your life. We're at the chapel and we're believing for miracles in this place. But I think if our heart's not aligned with God in the right way, then God's not going to be able to move in our heart. He will be capped to what He's able to do. So are you ready for these key points. Open up your hearts. Uh, number one is familiarity. That We need to lose familiarity. But familiarity comes through time and proximity to someone or something. So you normally get familiar with something when you've been around it for a long time or you've been very close to it. And uh, you know this with things like um, marriage, dating and marriage. You, uh, not my marriage, my marriage is awesome and uh, we, we are not familiar, no, I'm joking. We, uh, we all go through these things. But, but I remember when you start dating someone, it's amazing how all you can do is, th- you can't stop thinking about them. You want to spend time with them. You want to phone them up. Even when you're on the phone, you're thinking about the next time you can phone them up. You, you do nice things for them. You treat them really well. You, even if they've got little things they do that you don't like, you like them anyway just because it's them and all these type of things that you get in there when you're dating and, and when you're engaged and some of these things. But then 10, 15 years into marriage, those things that you used to go, oh, that's so cute. They're not as cute anymore. And there's not as a, there's some guilty laughter here tonight, no. They're not as cute anymore, but you, you get more familiar with each other. You get more short with each other. You get more uh, annoyed with each other. Some of these things that uh, were there are now gone if we're not careful. And we need to watch that. When it comes to Jesus, we need to make sure we're not getting familiar. I remember when I uh, came to Jesus, I was in that place of, wow, like I'd come from a, a really a non-Christian background. I'd come from the party scene, going at clubs, drink, drugs, all these different things. And I'd come to Jesus after getting into trouble a, a bit. And I was just so thankful to God, really. I, I was just, God, you've changed my life. You've done so much in me. I'm so thankful. And I, it just really uh, it exuded out of me in that place. God was uh, just overwhelmed me with, with his goodness. But I remember years into it, Kind of think after I'd served for a long time, I'd done it. I'm like, kind of, like, it went more from thank you, God, to God, you should be thanking me. I've been doing a lot for you this week. I've been doing all this, that, and the other. And, and, and God, why haven't you fixed this for me? Why haven't you done this for me? And it switches from, wow, God, you're amazing, to God, you owe me now. <laughs> 
And it gets to that kind of place where it's like, and, and we all know, we've all done it, where God, why can't you fix this or do this for me? And I've done uh, and some of these things. We need to make sure we're not getting uh, familiar with God. We just want to make sure we don't want to do things like this as well, where we used to spend time with Jesus, but now we spend time learning about the deeper things of Jesus, but we don't spend time with him anymore. We read books on Jesus or read books on the the time when Jesus lived and we get all this knowledge, all this wisdom, all these kind of things around it, but we don't actually spend time with him and we get all the head knowledge, but we lose the heart knowledge of Jesus. We lose him in the midst of these things. We need to make sure a study and things like that aren't bad, but if they replace our walk with Jesus, then they are bad. I remember in the early days of church, when I first came in, I'd hear messages and I'd be like, man, I'm going to write these down. I would take notes. I would kind of go, oh, man, I've got to work on that. I'd have my list of things to work on for that week. I would uh, do all these things and really see it. And I remember in the early days of being a Christian, I was really like seeing God move and, and seeing miracles. I remember uh, talk was on giving one day and I, and I just felt I need to give all of my money for this week. I didn't earn heaps of money at that point. And, uh, but for me, it was quite a bit of money and I just gave it kind of in faith going, I just feel like I need to do that. And I don't encourage everyone to do that or like you, you want to think these things through, but, but sometimes God stirs you to do these things. And that was on the Sunday. I remember on the Monday driving home and kind of going, my petrol tank's empty and I don't have any money for fuel this week. <laughs> like, how am I going to get this? And I remember just praying to God, God, I just pray you'll do something here. I gave this with a heart to bless you and, and, and do this. So I just pray you'll help me. And I remember getting home that day and I, I'd lived with family at that point and, uh, and uh, my mum and dad came up to me. I hadn't told them anything on this. And they said, Luke, we haven't given you any money for a long time, uh, for years actually, to buy clothes, to do any of this stuff or any of that. And they gave me $600 just for, <laughs> I was like, it was literally 10 minutes earlier, I'm praying on the way home, like, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I just pray it happens. And, and literally, it probably been five years since they'd given me more than like 20 bucks to help you out with something or different things like that. But I remember as a new Christian, probably two months being a Christian, that was a touch from God for me where I was like, man, this is, this is really um, important for me uh, at this time. I remember uh, I shared my baptism story this week where I got baptized and uh, I really, uh, I, I got asked that morning to get baptized. So I didn't go into it with this great kind of walk up to it, believing for it for weeks and this is going to change my life or anything like that. Someone just asked me that morning. And I said, no, I did that when I was a kid. Or they said, well, what, you got baptized in it. I was like, no, I got christened. And, uh, but after I got christened, we had a big booze-up party at our house and everyone, like, it, it wasn't uh, to honor Jesus christening. It was just to get the family together kind of thing. And I remember getting baptized that day and I'd, I'd, I'd been kind of in that place of I'd been saved. I'd been a Christian for about two months and I was still struggling with the party kind of thing. I felt like I really want God on this side. But on this side, my mates keep calling me up and they keep asking me to come out to all these things. And I don't feel like I've got the strength to say no to them. And I kind of want to do this still, but I really want to do this. And then getting baptised that week, my friends called me up and they said, Luke, hey, come out with us. We'd love to, oh, we've got a pub crawl on, I think it was that week. And uh, it was so-and-so's birthday. And I said, boys, this isn't me anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. 
and uh, I, I said, I'm going to church now. You guys can come along. Some of them came along, and uh, but, but I'm not going to do I'll hang out at the beach with you. I'll hang out here with you, but I'm not going out to all these parties anymore. And it really felt like, well, God empowered me to do that. I'm an insecure teenager who can't like, but God really helped me through that. I remember a couple of months later, it was the millennium. I'd got saved two months before the millennium happened. And for me at this time, it was a big thing. The the whole week beforehand, I'd been invited to go with my friends uh, to this big kind of rave thing in the city. And I was thinking to myself, look, it's just one more time. We've been planning this for years. It's the biggest party in a thousand years. Surely God won't mind with that. And and it'll be okay. And I'll work my way through it. And I'm trying to justify it all. And and, uh, we'd actually, we planned to go overseas for the millennium. Then we were going to go to Sydney and then end up being Leaderville. So it wasn't this big (laughs) big thing. It's got to go down. But I'd also been invited over someone's house for a church kind of get together just at someone's house. And and, uh, I remember talking to my parents at that time, just saying, God, I'm not saying God, say mum, dad, and um, what do you think I should do? And I was like, do you think I should go out to this one party just one more time to say kind of goodbye to my mates, to celebrate the millennium, to do it? And I'm trying to give them all the reasons why I should go. Or should I go to this church party that, that, with my friends over here? And they said, Luke, we think you should go to the church party. And I remember getting really annoyed and going into my room and saying, God, I, I need you to speak to me right now. Unless you speak clearly, I'm going to this party over here. And then and I said, look, I'm going to read the book of Proverbs. I'm going to open up to chapter one because that's what I've heard is the book of wisdom. So you've got, this is your chance, God, speak to me. And it says in, in the chapter one, it talks about these are the Proverbs of wisdom and, and understand they'll give you understanding, help you live life. The first one was listen to your mother's instruction and your father's teaching. <laughs> and I'm like, no, God, that's not enough. But then the next line is, don't hang out with sinners who entice you into sin. And the whole chapter's on that. I'm like, all right, I'll go to the church party. But I remember it felt like every week something like this was happening. I remember having a vision one day when I was at home and I didn't go to church and it felt like God spoke to me while I was at home and all these things. But I really felt like it was because even though I was still making mistakes and still struggling in different ways and still kind of, toss, oh, I want to go out here drinking with my mates and doing this, but I wanted, there was a heart to go, God, I really want you. I really want you in this place. And with my failures and faults, there was still a heart to honour God, which I think is a better place to be in than years down the track, just becoming so familiar with, oh yeah, it's church again. This is my 1,100th service and oh, I've heard that scripture before and I've heard this before and I've heard that before. Yeah, I know that one, I know this. And I think as, as people and sometimes as Christians, you can become, the, the less you guard your heart in this area, the way you get your kind of esteem from God is, well, I know more and I know better and I know this. And you hear the simple scriptures that could impact and change your life but you disregard them because they're not this big, deep thing. It's something you've heard a hundred times before. And I believe God wants to stop that in us. And God wants us to go, no, take away your pride. Let go of this and put honour back on in your life. Some of the things we need to honour as well, I've just talked about God. We need to honour God, have reverence for God. God, I want to give you my best. Honour the call of God on your life. Some people here have been here for many years and, uh, and we're the most susceptible to this because like I said, time is, is one of the key things. But honour the call of God on your life. What are you, are you doing what God has called you to do right now? Or have you stepped back in your heart in that? Honour God's house. Speak well of it and stay committed. 
Come with faith. When you come in, if you're a Christian here, come in. God, I'm believing for you to move in my heart, in my life. So you're going to speak to me today. Help me to impact someone else's life. Help me to help someone else in this place. Come early, engaged, all these type of things that you want to do to honour God's house, honour people. Bible in Romans 12 verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Honour people. We need to make sure we honour people. Who are some of these people? We need to honour our spouse. I mentioned it before, but treat them well, speak well of them, guard them, protect them, lift them up, encourage them. Don't get caught up with the little things that frustrate you, but, but speak well of them, serve them, love them in that way. Honour our parents. Some of our parents haven't always been the best to us, but, but we can still honour our parents. Some of us had great parents, but we should honour our parents in that way. Honour our leaders. Honour our leaders at church, honour our leaders in the community, honour those who stand. And, uh, and I find sometimes, I, I, sometimes it's been leaders in church where you, you haven't done as much. Sometimes it's leaders in the community or in the government. I need to place more honour on the way I'm speaking about or thinking about them. And uh, I, I recently got convicted of this and I was, uh, one of, an announcement got made and I was very upset with it. And then I was really angry at the person that made the announcement. But then I felt like I was saying, hey, you need to pray for this person pray for them speak speak life over them speak good things over them put honour in that place so we need to let go of familiarity in there and number two is we need to stay amazed stay amazed how quickly do we lose the wow they were in the they were like wow Jesus is doing all these great things it's, wow look at this and then the next sentence is like, then they scoffed and they're like oh, that's, just, that's just Jesus They'd gone in one sentence from, wow, this is the Son of God, or this is amazing, this is miracles to, pfft, I'm actually offended with you because it's just you and, and I'm annoyed with this now. It changes very quickly. And I think we need to get rid of it's just. They had it's just Jesus. What is your it's just? That's oh, just church. That's oh, just Pastor Mari. It's just Pastor Izzy. It's just Pastor Luke. And uh, you, you may, when you first come in, you, you, you may kind of look and go, oh, wow, that, that was great wisdom. But after a time, you might see me at Coles walking around the shops doing my shopping. Yeah, he does the same as me. You might play in my soccer team and you see how bad I am at soccer or basketball. You're like, yeah, hey, I'm better. And it can breed familiarity and we lose the awe or the, the honour for things and we replace it with, oh, it's just... And we need to make sure we lose that. We lose, it's just, it's just, it's just. And God, go, wow. God, wow, in this place. We need to come to God with humility. Like a child, this is what it says in Matthew 18, verse 1 to 4. So at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? The children, the one that comes to God like a child. He's saying, hey, even if you're an adult, come to me like a child. And what does he mean by that? I remember when my kids were younger, when they looked up at me, they thought I was a superhero. They used to call me Batman, Superman, whatever. And they thought if I told them I could fly, they would believe me and go, wow, my dad can fly. All these type of things. And some of that was misplaced in a way because I can't fly. 
and uh, I, I can't do most of the stuff superheroes can do. But the heart was, wow, you, you, wow. And it was like a humility of, wow, God, you're like, Dad, you're so much greater than me. I need you and that dependence on me. Because that's how we should be with God. When you come to me, you're like, wow, God, yeah, I, I need you. I need you so much. Not God, I've had a hard week and where have you been? But God, I need you so much. Thank you, you're with me. And wow, God, you, you are amazing. And, and, and you, you change that posture. And I love in the Psalms where often David would be speaking. He's like, oh, my enemies are surrounding me. All this is going on, all this. But, and there would be this but point where it's like, but God, I praise you and I trust you. And I thank you. Lord. You could tell what he's doing. He's, he's venting to God, but then he's changing from that venting to that place of, wow. Wow, God, you can do this in my life. And I believe we need to change the talk in our minds where we change from being familiar and a bit kind of funny in some of these places to God. Help me to trust you again. Help me to trust you again. So keep your awe of God. And the last one here is return in your heart, not just in your mind. Sometimes we try and work this up and the Bible talks about renewing your mind. But really, unless your heart is connected and your heart's involved in it, it's, it's not going to happen. And uh, like we, we catch up with a lot of couples that are going through marriage troubles and, and you try and work on different things, there's different things in there. But this is a heart to change and a heart to go, hey, I'm going to make this work and, and we're going to do this. You can, do, you can read all the books you want to read on 10 ways in how to have a successful marriage, 10 ways on how to restore, all these type of things. But it will not help you unless you change your heart and the position of your heart. And Ezekiel 36 Verse 26 to 27 says this. It says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stormy, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my commandments. I love that. It's saying, hey, I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to take it out, not this heart of stone, but I'm going to take out this stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. A tender and responsive heart. And sometimes over the years, our heart can become hardened and our heart can become a bit stony where we're like, I'm just either, it could be from hurts, it could be from disappointments, it could be from challenge, maybe financial challenge, maybe health challenge, maybe it is a relationship challenge. It could be betrayal by someone. You could be carrying unforgiveness and your heart is very, like, pushed against God or pushed against people or pushed against things where God's saying, hey, help me to give you a new heart. Help me to give you a heart that is responsive, that is soft, that is open, that, that maybe you've lost over the years. And I believe God wants to do that in this time now as we, we're going to spend a moment in prayer soon. But I believe in that time, God wants to restore your heart, restore that softness of heart. And I believe there's some people here tonight that you might be smiling on the outside, but inside there's a, there's a hard heart or there's a familiar heart. And you're covering it up by trying to do other things, but because they're trying to knock on there and go, let me in again. Or it might be an area in your heart where you're like, no, God, don't come in there. Don't come in there. Because like, let me in. Let me in. Open up that part of your heart. And I believe God wants to do some miracles in some people's place, in, in some people's hearts right now. Well, you know, 
God, I've just become familiar with you, familiar with your house, familiar with people, familiar with leaders, familiar with the, the things of God, familiar with the call of God on my life, familiar with my marriage. Some of these things where God wants to say, hey, like, if you open it up to me, watch and see what I'll do in that place. Watch and see what I'll do in that place. And, and uh, we're going to do that now. We're going to do that now. So why are you standing Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.